0: There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate StevenSinger.com, And you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That is no hassle, no risk expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. Steven has real expert jewelers on staff and on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual video appointment, a call, a text, a chat, an email, and all of this with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevensinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Of course, at Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevensinger.com. Hey, everybody, thanks for checking out the podcast. We greatly appreciate your support, but before we get started, I wanted to tell you about a success story. I wanted to tell you about my friend, Carl up in new Boston, Michigan. He listens to our pods every week and he heard me talking about how I might be able to help him out. So he hit me up over at SaveWithConrad.com. He just closed last month and he left us a five-star review. And he had this to say, not only did we save over a hundred thousand dollars on our mortgage by removing several years off of it, he also saved us a few months of payments. And follow up Conrad and Steve are super helpful. When I had additional questions, you can't go wrong here with save with Conrad. Definitely worth a call to understand what your savings could be. Take Carl's word for it. He saved more than a hundred grand. What have you got to lose? Be like Carl, go to save with right now and find out how much money you can save for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time but because we're licensed in more than 40 states we can help more families than ever before why not you why not now go to save and find out how much money you can save for free nmls number 65084 equal housing lender oh and did i mention no house payments for two months get a quick quote right now you'll thank me later and you'll be glad you did save with conrad.com Hey, hey! It's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't be here without the master of ceremonies, the Hall of Famer himself, the Enforcer, Double A, the founder of the Four Horsemen. He is Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? I am always honored
1: to be on this with you today. I am doing very good. Glad we could. Uh, be a distraction for everybody out there that chooses to listen and get us through these trying times.
0: It is a different time in our world for sure, but we're glad that you're spending this time with us today. We're going to go back just five years and talk about battleground 2015 It went down on July 19th, Scott trade center in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis has always been a wrestling town. Do you have a favorite St. Louis story Arn? Oh gosh. They're all good. I mean, you know, it's, it's,
1: it's one of the only towns that I can tell you that, um, and wrestling fans, you know, you always try to accommodate them. Um, you know, in the past, uh, fans show up at the airport, they'll show up at the hotel. They'll obviously they're going to be out at the arena, but I always remembered that the, um, St. Louis fans were, uh, they would come to the Marriott out by the airport where we we're gonna stay prior to the matches during the afternoon because they knew the closer you got to to uh, bell time, the the less time you're gonna have. As an example, if you're on your way out the door to head to the arena, we would time it out where we would if it was gonna be a 730 show, we'd get there at 630. We timed it out, whether it was six o'clock or whatever that time was to drive down to the arena. We had it just about time to perfection and stopping and signing a lot of autographs would throw your schedule off. And you know, you didn't want to get into that explanation with with everybody, but they were always so respectful. They were there like all afternoon when you were going to the gym or the way back and you had time to stop and spend with them and talk to them for a second because they were the most respectful great fans knowledgeable always upbeat you know um no smart asses standing off at a distance hollering you know stuff at you whereas that was fine that's what we did that's pissing people off was our job description but they got it they understood and they were respectful and we were respectful back to them and it was uh was always a great reaction at the arenas um They cheered for the good guys and they booed the bad guys and it made for an awesome deal. And back in the day, as you know, Conrad, if you wrestled in St. Louis, if you were an independent wrestler from another company and you just came in, I don't mean independent, but if you came from another territory to wrestle in St. Louis on those cards, that was a measuring stick on how big a star that you were. Cause only the biggest stars came to St. Louis and that was the reputation that they had and they earned it.
0: Let's talk about the show here. It gets uh, a 76,000 buys, excluding the WWE network because we're way into that era. Uh, but that is down from the prior years, buys of 99,000. But of course, uh, most everyone remembers that 2014 was really the kickoff of the network. So that's when we started to see more and more fans. Using the network, and few were buying the show on traditional pay per view. We've got a good crowd here, though. 11,000 fans were fresh off of Money in the Bank, where we saw Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose in a ladder match. And uh, Seth is going to pick up the win to retain the title. We also saw Seamus winning the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match to earn a world title shot. And then at Battleground, we're. Uh, We've got Seth Rollins moving on from Dean Ambrose, and now he's defending against another former champion Brock Lesnar. As a reminder, Lesnar was the champ at WrestleMania and he was in the main event against Roman reigns when all of a sudden Seth Rollins, who had earned the money in the bank contract, ran to the ring, cashed it in, and he beat reigns to win the title. So Lesnar lost the belt without ever being pinned or submitting. And now here we are. Let's talk about some news and notes though, as we head into this show. This is the era where we brought Tough Enough back to the USA Network, and they pull out all the big guns to try to make it successful. They have Steve Austin host the show. They've got Paige, Daniel Bryan, and Hulk Hogan as the judges. And uh, the first episode on June 23rd does 1.21 million viewers on USA. Uh, their prime time average for the prior week was 1.5. So it's not the great success they may have hoped, even with all the the big stars on the show. What did you think of the tough enough concept, Arn? You and I've never really talked about that.
1: Well, you know, the you knowing me the way you know me now, you're thinking I'm gonna say I hated it because it was expose of the business and all that. And at one point in my career, you would have been right, but I actually enjoyed the show. Um I enjoyed seeing a lot of people off the streets you know, in our environment. And like I've said many times, if everybody could do this, everybody would. Just how difficult it is. And there were athletes from other walks of life and uh, at different levels, male and female, as far as, you know, the sports they came to us from. And just seeing them struggle with it and letting the world know, hey, the, the guys and girls that are out there performing at a high level, you know, this is where all of us started, but some of us move up from that, and some of us learn, and some of us grasp it, and somebody, some of us have aptitude to do it, some have of us have attitude to do it, and some don't. And I watched it from an, you know, uh, angle of watching how hard it was for these kids just to simply take a bump on their back. It's not a normal. Uh, Thing for someone to do in everyday world, and just to see how difficult it was. I thought it put our business over. To be honest with
0: you, I uh, I actually enjoy the show too, and I like Steve as a host. What do you think?
1: I like Austin talking about anything. We could be sitting down over a spilled can of worms, and I'd enjoy the conversation with Austin. He's just a he's just an everyday redneck guy that just is a megastar and I always knew he would be and uh, just so happy for his success and he's just you know even today with with all the his success and all the things he's done in the business and what he's meant to entertainment outside the business the shows that he has uh, he's the same guy he's the same guy that I knew when he first started
0: this is uh, also the era where, believe it or not, there's a lawsuit filed by the former Billy Jack Haynes against the company. And, um, well, he's become a bit of a, uh, underground, I, I don't know. If spectacle maybe is the right word with some of his fantastic stories that he's told on online in recent years. Did you ever meet Billy Jack Haynes or do any business with him?
1: Yeah, uh, he was partners with Wahoo, and Ole and I wrestled him a few times when I first came to the Carolinas. Uh, Man, what a specimen he was at one time. And uh, him and Wahoo were a good team. He was a big, strong guy, hell of a physique, had a good look. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I wrestled him a few times. I didn't spend any downtime with him, so I don't know anything about you know how he was just to sit down and talk to her or anything like that it was we met in the ring and uh, we finished our conversation in the ring and that was it
0: well he's uh, he's suing the company and uh, in this same era the company starts to hit back they're filing lawsuits against former members of their own hall of fame and some other legendary performers as well the company's going to sue blackjack mulligan the dynamite kid coco beware and ivan koloff And I guess this is a counter-strike situation from um, Constantine Kairos, who I guess had uh, sort of made a name for himself, constantly suing the WWE. I feel like a lot of times guys ask online, hey, why isn't so-and-so in the hall of fame? And why isn't such-and-such been honored on the hall of fame? But a lot of these guys at one point or another had sued the company and Well, the company's not exactly going to take too kindly to that, but this is the first time that I remember them actually sort of jumping the gun and Hey, we're just going to sue them first. What do you remember about some of the, some of your old, uh, running mates signing up to, to sue the company?
1: Well, I hate lawsuits. I mean, the only ones that benefit are the lawyers Yeah. when it's all said and done, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, it's a bad situation when you start suing each other in this business. Uh, I would like to see the process server that showed up on Jack Mulligan's step and <laughs> rung his doorbell. So, boy, what, what is that you got there? Somebody's suing me. Take that. Crack. Um, you know, I kind of hear the same, you know, when all that was going on and I was, you know, seeing the list of guys that was, you know, suing and what their reasoning was, and and this is just my opinion. You cannot turn around and sue a company for, you know, getting hurt when you go in the ring every single time with the knowledge that today may be the day that I get injured or hurt or crippled, and it's just part of the business. It just happens, and we all go in with our eyes wide open, and when you work for a company for a long time and you get beat up and, you know, they pay your doctor bills and they do all the right things where you're concerned to turn around and sue them, it's pretty rotten, you know? And uh, Think there was a lot of issues with the lawsuits of that time. That that here's here's the hook, you know, and here's where guys, you know, should be able to see through the the smoke and realize that that you know how trivial that their lawsuit is when when you didn't wrestle for a company for ten years, but in the whole time of that ten years you've been out working indies or other companies or you're still working and you claim that your injury happened for a company that you haven't worked for in 10 years, I don't know how any intelligent thinking person could say they're to blame. You know, what about all these other matches you've had in the 10 years since you worked there? So that that's where they kind of lose me on that stuff, and I just think it just... Gives the the business a black eye. We all want to get in this business. The ones that do well, you know, and you have a run, just accept it as, hey, I got to for 10 years or however long you've been wrestling. If it was two years or a year or five years or 20 years, if you got to get up every morning and go to a job with a company, wrestling company, and earn your living that way, you had the grandest job of them all and all the universe it is the best way to make a living that there possibly can be it's not like having a job whatsoever it's working out wrestling at night having a few cold ones after and do it all over again the next day it's a grand lifestyle
0: let's talk about uh some of the things happening in the WWE on the way to this show there's the big show at sumo hall that we've talked about very recently here on the show the beast in the east and uh this is the show where we recently said hey go listen to michael cole's commentary on this the show does a very good crowd 8646 fans um or at least that's what's announced meltzer of course says it was a little less than that but it looks pretty full We get Cesaro over Diego in eight minutes and 13 seconds. We get the Lucha Dragons over Big E and Xavier Woods in six and a half minutes. But man, this one stood out to me. Chris Jericho working with Neville for 16 minutes and 20 seconds. Of course, we know Jericho not too terribly long after this is going to have a working relationship with New Japan, do big business for their Wrestle Kingdom shows, and then both of these talents wind up in AEW. Uh, really remarkable match that Meltzer really enjoyed and gave four stars. Nikki Bella would retain the Divas title over Paige and Tamina Snuka. Uh, Brock Lesnar would work with Kofi Kingston, and it's another squash match, which seems par for course when these two are in there together. Only two minutes and 41 seconds. Uh, but then one of the big uh, matches that everybody was talking about it when it was over is Finn Balor and Kevin Owens for the NXT title. They take the NXT title off of Kevin Owens that we had seen on WWE TV when he would face John Cena. And now it's on Finn Balor, another great match, four and a quarter stars. And on top it's Cena and Ziggler against Kane and uh, King Barrett. They get 23 minutes and change. Did you go to this show or would you make the overseas tours like to Japan as an agent in this era? Oh yeah. I made them all. Uh,
1: I didn't happen to make this one, and to be honest with you, what uh, made me lose my uh, love of going overseas, as it were, there's a big difference in a coach seat. Oh yeah, and a first class seat, and just some somewhere out of the blue, somebody had the bright idea and talent relations that they were going to take those first class seats away from us if it was under 10 hours well 10 hours is a long time to sit in a coach seat Conrad as you know we're husky fellas
0: that ain't good that is not a good time at all
1: yep and when they did that and I uh, couldn't give you a reason why other than they were cost cutting you know there's a lot of places they could have cut costs but having a beat up ex-wrestler that had kind of earned a first class seat or I felt I had, You know, to sit in there and, you know, when that plane landed after 14 hours and you were in coach or Australia longer than that, uh, you know, it was an ugly sight. Back was out, neck was was out. You needed to immediately be put on a stretcher, taken to a chiropractor. I mean, it it was an ugly seeing some of those producers walk off that. That plane. It's when they took that away from us, I lost interest, and I expressed to them I really wouldn't care to go anymore. Um, And so they started to take me off of them later. I think that was all part of the, you know, the being over. Arne Anderson just, oh, he didn't want to go overseas. Okay, oh, why? Because he didn't have first class C. Okay, well, they gave them to us, Conrad. Our entire time that we went over there until that started and they cut it off for no reason. And there, you know, this is what really pisses your pisses you off. They said, no, you guys have paved the way for this, this industry. You've earned those seats. We want you to have a first class seat when they give you that speech. And then just suddenly take it away from you. You know, you knew it was all bullshit and it was just more of the way they play the game. So that's, I made all the long loops, every one of them. Uh, I just didn't happen to be on this one.
0: You know, Arne, let's run a timeout right now and talk to everybody about something that, well, most of our fans are familiar with. I think these days, uh, and maybe it even originated in Japan. They started using the phrase strong stop." And I've always been fascinated by that because I've always been under the impression that The real deal is you want it to look like it hurts, but not really hurt. If that makes sense. I mean, I think back in your day, you just called it working stiff. Here's the deal. If you really want to work stiff, you got to go to bluechew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, blue Chew has invented working strong style in the bedroom. Of course, we're talking about the world's first performance enhancement for the bedroom by chewable form. That's right, everyone listening to this has heard of Viagra Cialis, but you don't need to get out in the field with a couple of tubs and make yourself look like a fucking goof. Instead, you can take the world's first chewable with the same active ingredients as those other two, but this is much cheaper, and here's why. You get to skip the in-person doctor appointment. Instead, you go to bluechew.com, you find yourself an affiliated physician to work with you to find the right dose and active ingredient that's best for you. And oh yeah, chewables can work faster than pills, and the chewables from BlueShoe.com can be taken on a full or an empty stomach. And oh, by the way, the online physician console is free, so it's cheaper than those other two. And you get prescribed very quickly, which means you get to skip the in-person doctor visit. There's no awkward conversation there. And even better than that, you don't have to wait in line on pharmacy. Instead, it just shows up directly at your door in discreet packaging. And as a reminder, Blue Shoe is made right here in the U.S. of A., and one more time, it's prescribed online by a doctor. Back in the day, ARN used to throw the four fingers up on TV. That's how many times you're going to be able to do it when you get done with BlueChew.com. Not four horsemen, four times in a night. Blue BlueChew is going to give you confidence in bed every single time. You and your partner will love it. So chew it and do it. Give your gimmick the hot tag. Here's a great deal for you guys visit BlueChew.com and get your first order for free when you use the promo code ARN. Just pay $5 shipping. That's dot com, And the promo code is ARN. And then it's time for Spinebusters of another sort. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, it's com. Promo code ARN. Five dollars. Come on. Let's, uh, let's talk about um, some stuff that Meltzer would write. He says, uh, Big Show did a podcast with Jericho, which we noted in last week's issue, where he made comments about Jim Ross saying the guy in talent relations kept him down when he had influence and saying he was never one of JR's guys. Ross has denied that, claiming it was he and Gerald Briscoe who made contact with White and recruited him. Uh, The heat may have stemmed from the decision to send White to OVW because they felt his weight had gotten out of control and he needed to be a fundamentally better wrestler. Here's the funny thing about that. White was earning $1 million a year on his contract, which was top guy money, and still today is top money. The idea that you would send a guy making that much money to OVW would have never happened unless Vince McMahon wanted it to happen. Ross doesn't deny he was a part of the decision-making, so it can't be said that Vince made the call and Ross was just the bad guy delivering the news. But Ross was also the guy delivering the news. As I recall, he was told to get to a certain weight, which I think was under 400 pounds, or we wouldn't be brought back. But after spending a lot of time in OVW where he was making the company no money and he had lost weight, but not nearly down to the 400 mark, they still brought him back. This is, um, an interesting discussion that I wanted to talk to you about because it does feel like guys for whatever reason get put in the quote unquote heat position. And certainly JR's in it here where it's Vince McMahon's company. Everything that happens there is what Vince wants to have happen. But unfortunately you've got to be the guy who's the bearer of bad news and whether it's Johnny Ace or it's Mark Carano or it's Jim Ross, uh, they're just sort of the, the guy delivering the message, or at least that's been my take. You were there. Where do you stand on this?
1: Well, I wasn't involved on any of those conversations, but I'm sure it wasn't JR's bright idea to go. Okay he's overweight, let's send him down to OVW, let him work a couple days a week and pay him a million dollars. Now, who's getting punished here in this in this story? Is there supposed to be somebody that's getting punished? Because for me, other than traveling the world, sitting in uh, airplane seats that show couldn't fit in, and driving his ass off every night, to make that same million dollars, he's going down to OVW, going back from his hotel over to the arena, probably to do TV and maybe one house show or two on the weekend that were probably a hundred miles away. You tell me who got the better end of that deal.
0: No, I, I would be in OVW every week. Uh, if it means I don't have to get on an airplane 14 times a week, count me in.
1: Well, yeah. And him sitting in a rent a car driving, you know, there's no comfortable seat for a giant guys. Let's right. face it. I've seen it. I've seen Andre try to sit, you know, in a whole row of seats. I've seen him try to sit the first class seat. Same with show, sit in a rental car. They just don't fit on things that are designed for human beings. They're giants. So anytime, you know, show gets a break on that, you know, more power to him. I I just don't think that that was Jr.'s initial idea. You know, he may have looked at that, that, that if show took, you know, took it to heart that would be a good way for him to go down there and do some extra cardio and get to the gym you know more and do all the things that they wanted him to do to drop the weight he would have a better opportunity being off some days and just devoting to just losing the weight by being at ovw um so i I just think jr had possibly might have agreed with it under those situations i'm sure but nobody does anything in that company and i mean Anything you know, you don't piss and miss the toilet seat in that company unless Vince McMahon says it's okay.
0: Let's talk about somebody who is going to be missed. Uh, Brian Geewurz Meltzer would write that Brian, who'd been with the company for about 15 years, gave notice a few weeks back and said his goodbyes on the June 29th Raw show from Washington, D.C. Brian was a writer for the show and for years was the head writer on Raw. He'd remained with the creative team until October of 12, when Eric Pankowski, who was the head of creative at the time, sent him home. He'd remained under contract as a consultant working from home and sometimes being sent scripts and was also a consultant on the network. He came to the office about once every other week and much of the current crew barely knew him as the past few years, the only time he was around was on weeks where Dwayne Johnson was on TV. He'd been used in creative whenever the rock would be around since rock specifically requested him to be his writer. And he had been Johnson's main writer during the last few years of his full-time career. He left WWE for an executive role in seven bucks entertainment, which is Johnson and his ex-wife, Danny Garcia's production company. Brian is a guy who is responsible for a lot of the magic behind the scenes over the years Arn, and here it's officially done. Uh, How badly do you think the company missed him? as a full-time contributor between 12 and now.
1: Well, I'll tell you the difference to his credit. And there were some things that that would be written by every writer from him to Ed Kosky to you you know, you name it. Everybody's been in that seat that I disagreed with at some point, you know, and, and I had no problem voicing that because I would always tell them, I don't, you don't know, really agree with this, you know. And here's why: it was never, "Hey, this sucks." Okay, what would you do? Well, I don't have the answer. It was I never had one of those scenarios. But Brian, you know, was a pretty solid writer. He had an idea for the show, and and in those days, which was was better for everyone intended, he would write a show. We would get to TV. We would read through the show, and there wouldn't be. You know, let's spend two hours picking it apart and come up with alternative ideas. We pretty much just used that as our template. And we tried to, from a wrestling perspective, put those ideas into place. And it made everyone have a much easier job instead of just changing and rechanging and what it evolved to and is now, changing at the last minute, rewriting the show five times. Mm-hmm you know, on Monday afternoon while you're waiting to see what you got and before you can go to work and just all those headaches. When Brian was writing the show, we pretty much stuck with what he had written and went with it. And it just made for a calmer, more stable environment.
0: Well, he's miss. He, uh, he wrote some great segments and he's a, he's a really nice guy in person. If you ever have a chance to meet him, he joined uh, Bruce and I on stage for a few uh, live versions of something to wrestle and he just stole the show every time. He's just got great stories and, and incredible wit. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that he's, uh, doing well now and, and making some, uh, some, probably some serious coin, a lot more than seven bucks with seven bucks entertainment.
1: Let's talk. Yeah, oh, oh, by the way. Uh, yeah. You want to come to work for me? I'm the rock. Be my <laughs> personal writer. That don't suck either.
0: He's doing just fine. Yes. Uh, On the July 13th Raw, we see a move that could change the landscape of women's wrestling uh, forever. Of course, we're talking about Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks being called up to the main roster. Bailey's going to come in not too long afterwards. What are your memories of this, and do you think they knew at the time? I mean, I don't guess anybody could have known at the time what a big part of the company they would become but this is a big moment when, when these ladies come up because it feels like there's almost like a before and after when it comes to women in WWE. Would you agree?
1: You bet. You know, it's amazing how you can take three top talent and just why I'm thinking about it. And I'll get back to the subject matter at hand, but in a previous uh, broadcast didn't remember, I told you that I told John Cena, I would hire AJ styles, cowboy, and uh, Bobby Roode, right? And I got shot down. Remember that conversation? No, no, we don't need those guys, are we? You know, we make our own stars. That's the conversation I had with John. And I was being selfish when I looked at those guys, and I knew what they could do to beef up your, you know, seen as opponents, but beef up your whole talent roster. When I saw Ashley, Charlotte, and I saw Sasha, and I saw Becky, and I went down to uh, you know to the school in XT, and I watched those ladies perform a couple times. Then I went down there. I went, okay, you got something here. This is at a different level, workwise. You know, whoever is teaching them, you know, needs needs to be patted on the butt. And those talent need to be patted on the butt because they were just just from a being able to wrestle and tell a story and have their offense be solid and their selling be good and take good bumps and do innovative stuff. They were at a different level and they were. I knew they were going to make an impact if, if given a chance.
0: Let's talk about Vince's approach towards women's wrestling. He had tried this a few times before. He tried it in a big way with wendy richter you know during the whole rock and wrestling era then he tried it i don't know a decade later with uh, medusa now here as a Lundra blaze neither time it worked he scrapped it and it feels like this time is different and i kind of wonder is that in your opinion based on the success that ronda rousey had the mainstream for the ufc like would he have rolled the dice again on women's wrestling being in a prime spot on the show had someone not said hey this can be successful look what we did with Rhonda, or was it just a matter of timing do you think is it had the work evolved enough to where vince would just be into that as you were well i
1: mean you can't really compare the different times because let's face it wendy Ricker, wendy richter was going to get a push but who were her opponents who else who else were on the roster besides her you would bring in talent that were just part timers to have matches with her. You're only as good as your opponent. It's not like you had an entire school around that talent, and everybody in the school, you know, were, were going to be putting that talent over. Same thing with Medusa. How many girls were on the roster besides her? Who did she have to work with on a daily basis? But when you see an influx of three brand new faces that can all really go—and I mean, really go—the magic that they can work, just working with each other and working with some other talent that you've had, that have you've been grooming, that are ready to take the next step, these three girls could have pull that, reach down and pull that talent up another notch or two just by giving them a competitive match that was the difference there was three of them
0: there's no better time to say i love you and the most hated jeweler in america is at it again you've heard us say i hate steven Singer.com, and you've heard us rave about his famous roses but steven singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades whether you have someone or something to celebrate steven is there for you ready to take the next step Steven has a ready-for-love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Stephen won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. Stephen has real expert jewelers on staff and on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual video appointment, a call, a text, a chat, an email, and all of this with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to ihateStevensinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Of course, it's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate Let's uh, let's keep it going here and let's talk about uh, battleground. The actual show is here and we're pumped because we've got a ton of talent on this one. And I know in hindsight, uh, I get to appreciate this stuff, maybe even a little differently than I did just five years ago. I was really excited to sing King Barrett here. I've missed Wade Barrett being on our programming and he's here with our truth in our very first match. And, this is billed as the winner gets the right to be called the King. It gets two stars, nine minutes and 14 seconds. I don't know. Our truth is a guilty pleasure for me. I really enjoyed this. What'd you think of, uh, King Barrett and our truth here?
1: I not you give me an honest answer <clears throat> throughout your tenure is a, just a fan. Uh, up until the point you are right now. What do you think that bogus ass King of the ring title did for any talent that they stuck it on?
0: I think it did absolutely nothing for anyone except macho King. I don't know why as a kid, that one stuck out to me, but it didn't do anything for King haiku. It's felt silly when Harley race did it and literally no one else. I don't think benefited from it, but as a kid. I love the Macho King presentation, and I've even got one of those silly Macho King crowns here in the studio somewhere, so I was a fan of that, but outside of that, I think I get what you're driving at. Uh, I don't really care for it. Hokey yep, bogus yep-
1: d- dated yep I think that it just made fun of the talent. they won one match, the King of the Ring, okay. So you get to win one match, but you got to wear this silly ass get up for the next two years, or or at least a year. I don't know if it was a a yearly pay-for-view and they would switch it out, because to be honest with you, I tried not to watch. To me, I just think it watered the talent down. It made them a goofball, you know, and you could go out and be a tremendous worker under that get up, but it was just so dated and hokey. I didn't see anybody that I thought other than and and you had your selection. The one guy I think that that made it work only because of the personality behind who it was was Booker. Booker did a good job being King of the Ring. Because of the just it just his you know, his persona and his personality just played into it. Other than that, I think everything else was just I think it did more damage than good. And and Wade Barrett was a good performer, I don't think having that, that crown and cape and, and, uh, staff or whatever you call it, that he had did anything for him.
0: Well, I would agree. Uh, I enjoyed the match though. I don't know that these two were ever given really the full push, but man, they're, uh, they're entertaining to watch or at least to me. Uh, We should remind you the next match, which involves Sheamus at money in the bank, as a reminder, he won a ladder match, which contained the world heavyweight title match contract, of course, the money in the bank. And then at the June 15th, raw Randy Orton, who was also in that match would attack Sheamus after his match against Dean Ambrose. Sheamus later attacked Orton during his match with Kane on July 6th. Orton returns and attacks Sheamus after his match with Roman reigns. And now we're finally here. Uh, Sheamus feels like he's been a WWE pet project for a long time. Randy Orton has been here for generations. These guys can put together great matches, and this is a great match. Three and a half stars, 16 minutes and 52 seconds. I really enjoyed this one. I don't know why Sheamus gets a bad rap from fans. I think everyone who works in the business, especially old timers, they have a next level appreciation of Randy Orton. But I wonder if fans have started to maybe even take Randy's talents for granted because he's been there so long, but in a vacuum, dude, this was a great match. what did you think?
1: Well, yeah. And they started slow, which you have to do. If you're a top guy, you don't just, when the bell rings, just start hitting the ropes and running spots. It's just not good storytelling, basic storytelling, which I always try to explain to young talent. What you want to establish when the bell rings is the only way you can win a match is you have to gain control of your opponent and keep control of them, And that, that goes for both guys. And you need to tell that story of wrestling, trying to get an advantage. And once you get the advantage wrestling, then you can start dropping the bombs. That's old-school, top-guy mentality. You don't just jump at the bell, jump into a hurry, and start running spots. And that's what those guys did. And they were big, solid guys. They looked like big, professional wrestlers. And they took their time, and they built the match properly. Uh, Randy, you know, from watching his dad, knew the pacing. He just has an enemy. He's just a natural. He's one of those guys. Randy can be as good as he wants to be, you know. If he may go to another level at this point in his career, when everybody thought what you see is what you get, Randy could see something, you know, from another company, another wrestler somewhere else, and something clicks for him, and he goes, "Hey, I could steal that and and uh, tweak it and make it my own." And now. Randy Orton with two new moves is very, very exciting to me because what he has now ain't broke. And, uh, Seamus was Irish. Vince is Irish. He's a big (laughs) guy. He's a bruiser. So he's going to get the push, which he did. And, you know, Seamus was a big, you know, a lot of guys, you know, didn't like get knocked around because Seamus was stiff. And, you know, if you're, if you really want to excel in this business, the last thing you want to do is dread working with the guy you're working with because he's stiff or reckless or whatever the reasons are. And so, uh, I'm sure that there was, he was probably waffling Randy and Randy was waffling him, which made for a good fight and it made for a good match.
0: There's a difference between being stiff or reckless though, is there not? Oh yeah.
1: And Hey, you know, stiff is is not the good term. If you're stiff you've went too far past being solid. Everybody likes to work solid. If you don't hit me hard enough for me to be able to acknowledge where you hit me and I can sell it, we're in trouble. Uh, Stiff, you go to another level of where, you know, we're about one notch below a bar fight and most guys don't like that. It's just, you start to get into the dangerous phase. Now, when you're reckless and dangerous, you're soon to be out of the business because nobody is going to put themselves on the line. If you're reckless and you don't care about their body, that's a, that's a very nasty term to call somebody he's reckless. Reckless means he's unemployed pretty
0: soon. Next up, we've got Titus O'Neill and Darren Young retaining the tag titles against Kofi Kingston and big E eight minutes and 48 seconds. Meltzer gave it two and a half stars the new day are over like Rover in this era. Um, and Titus O'Neill and Darren young there, they seem to be on the come up here. Of course, Darren's no longer with the company. Titus is still there. And, and really one of the biggest brand ambassadors they could have. I got to admit, I'm sort of shocked. Darren young is not there. Had a great look. Um, I don't know. what do you think of the match? And, and what are your thoughts on Darren young as a performer?
1: Well, I mean, they tried to give, those guys a little shove there, Titus and Darren, you know, Darren was always one of those guys that was smiling and whatever you need, I'll, you know, just tell me what you need. And I'll certainly, I'm open to, you know, every comment that you have, anything you can do to help me, please do. And, you know, Titus been there a long time. They put those guys together and certainly the guys on the other side of the ball, um, Big E and company, Kofi, uh, and uh, Xavier were something special, and you could see that right away. New Day was something special, and those guys get it. Heels or baby faces, they just really were good, and they, they had that great chemistry. And I'm sure the match, they put a lot of thought into it, but the one thing is New Day were getting over. They weren't there yet. They wouldn't truly get over until they turned a baby face. The other guys were not over, but they were the tag champions and it just, it's hard when you have a scenario like that to capture the audience and, uh, sure. They did their best, but I'm sure the reaction didn't, didn't reflect it.
0: The next match is Roman reigns and Bray Wyatt on the May 21st, SmackDown Bray was defeated by Dean Ambrose. After Roman Reigns interfered and hit Wyatt with a Superman punch. And then on the June 1st Raw, Reigns would defeat Wyatt to retain his Money in the Bank ladder match spot. And then at that pay-per-view Money in the Bank, Wyatt would knock Reigns off the ladder right before Reigns could grab the briefcase. And that sets us up here. And the crowd is really split. Reigns is getting some light boos to get started and not a lot of cheers except for some pops for his signature spots. And there's even a Let's Go Wyatt chant early. Uh, it gets three and three quarter stars. Uh, but I think the big moment here is um, there's a guy in a hoodie who's going to reveal himself to be Luke Harper helping out a little bit. And uh, Sister Abigail gets the pin. Bray goes over, 22 minutes, six seconds. What do you think of the match? And uh, what about this crowd reaction where the crowd is sort of split on Roman Reigns? Well,. Wrestling fans are funny.
1: You know, they want you to earn everything you get. Imagine that. And they can also smell when a talent is getting abused, when they're loaded with talent. A Daniel Bryan comes to mind. You know, the fans turned Daniel Bryan babyface. The fans made Daniel Bryan a star just from pure reaction and appreciation for his work. During this time period, I don't think Bray uh, Wyatt won a match on a pay-per-view for like eight or nine or ten in a row, some crazy thing, right, during this period. Right. He happens to win a match, even with Harper's help. The audience are just happy for him to get a match, get a win, have a good match on a pay-per-view. Because they knew how talented Bray Wyatt was. And I think it was more the fact that they were, Roman was winning every week. Roman was getting the push. He was just doing what he was told. And the audience was saying, okay, he's not earning it. He's just getting the mega push. He's in the spot. He's spearing everybody all over the place. And, you know, they want you to earn it a little more. And that's the reason for the reaction. Besides the fact that Bray Wyatt was such an interesting character and had such a firm grip on that creepy character, and his work was good, and you know all those things, and and the Shield and the 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 three Wyatts, I could watch that match every day seven days a week for the next 10 years and it would never get old. They were just that good together. And any combination of them were good together in singles or tags, obviously the six man. So, you know, there's a number of reasons Roman Roman was getting fed rotten interview material that they were making him say, um, he was getting the full blown push, you know, and, uh, There was just so many reasons. Plus, he looks like a movie star and every female in the audience is going gaga, which is pissing their boyfriend or husband off. A lot of reasons to boo Roman Reigns. But it ain't because he don't look the part. It ain't because he can't work. And it ain't because he's not a great businessman. Because I've seen him in every scenario imaginable. He has all the tools. He just was not launched as a single and the face of the company the right way and given the proper tools. I don't think.
0: And by the way, a great guy, when you get to meet him in real life, like he couldn't be a nicer person and a good dad and all the great things you want to know about a human, but for whatever reason, fans just, uh, puked it back up and and booed him here. Hey man, want to make this the best summer ever? What if you could get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments by five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. But what if the little cherry on top was no house payments for two months? That's right. No payments in August or September. You're done until October and come October, you're going to have a better mortgage, but don't take my word for it. Ask Kenneth in Hazel green, Kentucky. He says, all I was trying to do was refinance down to 10 years in order to set me up for retirement without a mortgage payment. After telling First Family what I wanted, not only did they get me a shorter term, but they were able to reduce my payment and cut my interest rate in half. I could not be more satisfied with the process and the outcome. If you're looking to get out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments, and maybe even get rid of all your credit card debt, man, you've got to go to SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can qualify. And because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. So, what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. NLS number 65084, equal housing lender. That's savewithconrad.com. Did you see, it went kind of viral a couple of weeks ago. Did you see his post on Instagram where he is as big as a house? I mean, he's jacked up more than we've ever seen him before.
1: I did not, but I do not doubt it. You know, he uh, he he's got that Samoan blood in him, man. He's uh, he's a he's a horse, and uh, and he's a great athlete, and he works hard. And uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, I'm sure he made the right decision for he and his family. And uh, time will tell where Roman goes and what he does. But I think he's a huge asset to the to the business in general.
0: Well, I know you've got your phone handy. I'm going to send you the picture so you can, uh, we can get a real live reaction here from you because he's as big as ever and, uh, the rock and everybody below in his comments, all of his coworkers and family members are blowing him up, but I think if, and when it's time for him to come back, man, we got to get rid of that vest. He needs to look like that guy.
1: Shoot me that
0: picture. I just did. I think you're going to be tickled when you see it because, uh, it's next level. Uh, Next up, we've got Charlotte over a three-way with uh, Brie Bella and Sasha Banks. They get 11 minutes and 28 seconds, which Meltzer would say was better than a normal women's bout on a WWE show, but still far below the NXT women's matches, most of the crowd treated it like any other women's match on a pay-per-view as filler, but there are chants for NXT and we want Becky. So the crowd is smart to what's possible. And Meltzer gives it two and three quarter stars Charlotte wins uh, The figure eight in the submission gets it done What do you think? Do you think that perhaps Hunter Knew how to showcase the women better Than than they could be done on the main roster Is it more of the production element? What's the difference between the way NXT was presenting women in 2015 With the way WWE was on the main show?
1: (sighs) First of all, this picture of Roman, Jesus Christ, he reminds (laughs) me of me.
0: You know, I thought that when I saw it at first, I thought, why is he stealing Marty's pictures? This is ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I got to work with him on pulling that beard down just a little bit. But other than that, that, that could be me standing there. Awesome. Now good for him and I'm glad he's happy and healthy and looking great. Uh, you answer this question before we move on. Didn't they beat Charlotte or for her debut match on raw?
0: Yep. They brought her up as a one-off and had Natty beat her in record time in her hometown.
1: Okay. What does that tell you about the, the idiot choices that are made where town is very crystal clear. Our audience are very smart, they do their homework. When you have a debut of a talent, if they've been anywhere, done anything, been on any television, been in, in any place that social media goes, our audience know who they are before they come through the curtain. And certainly Charlotte Flair couldn't go anywhere in the civilized world without people knowing who she is. She is a tremendous talent as good as anyone out there on the female roster of any company, you know, and you can argue the point that she is the best. There's probably three or four girls. You could argue which one was the best, but she's damn good. And she is a hard worker and she's into her character and into her, her presence and what she brings to the table and, and, uh, to be the face of the company where she's trying to trying to get, she does all the right things. Okay. Um, but to beat her on her debut, our audience would look at that and go, okay, well, she must not be a star like her dad. She failed her first match. Right. That's not, that's not good. No. I don't give a shit what anybody says. People say wins and losses don't matter when you debut and you get beat in your first match on your, when you have a lineage and a heritage like that, Conrad, name me one person. And I mean, just one that lost their way into getting over I anybody.
0: Mean, I don't know. I don't,
1: have there's, an answer not, for that. there's not one. That's the answer. You have to present new talent as the star that you're trying to profess them to be, and they got to be successful from day one. And over a a year period, they need to stay successful. If you want somebody that can stand alone on one side of a card against another opponent and headline a pay-per-view and draw, it takes a year to get over. And that's being on TV 52 weeks a year. And out there doing your stuff and having good stuff to perform and good stuff to talk about and the right opponents and enough time, you name it. But I think it's just, you know, when I watch these talent that debut from NXT and get beat their first match on the big show, who's trying to prove a point? It's pretty obvious to me
0: let's get to the next match because there are a lot of points to be proven here. It's John Cena and Kevin Owens for the U S title At elimination chamber. Kevin Owens defeated John Cena at money in the bank. Cena defeated Owens in the rematch on the June 15th. Raw Owens would challenge Cena to a match at battleground for the U S title, which Cena accepted a week later. And here we are. John Cena beats Kevin Owens in 22 minutes and 12 seconds to retain the U.S. title. Fans are going to boost Cena a lot, and the crowd is almost completely pro Owens start to finish. And this is a really good match. I'm sure you were the agent for it. I'm sure you have some strong feelings about all of the different finishers that were used here. But Cena uses the STF when nobody was expecting it, and Owens taps out. Meltzer would say it's not as good as their first two matches, but still an excellent match. He gave it four and a quarter stars and I watch wrestling differently than you. I watch it from fans eyes. You watch it from wrestlers eyes and veterans eyes. I love this match. What'd you think?
1: Well, from, for a fan's perspective, great match guys worked hard. Guys took big bumps, but again, you're taking all your big stuff on both sides of the ball, and guys are kicking out of it. You know, an AA off the second rope is how you beat Kane. You know, in the past, you're looking looking for something. How do you beat Kane uh, where I'm going to believe it? Well, an AA might be suspect. It wasn't when it was beating everybody every week. But when you put a guy on your shoulders and step up on that second turnbuckle and AA him off of there, that's finish. Well, when you got Kevin Owens kicking out of that, guess what? It's no longer finish. You can't go back there. And uh, it's just a high spot now. And I think the guys had so many big bumps like that and threw so many things away. This is just me looking at it and going forward and the future opponent For John Cena, if you've got Kevin Owens kicking out all this stuff and the very next week, John's working with somebody else who's a top guy and you're asking him to get beat from an AA in the ring. You know, I don't know that I wouldn't have a a little bit of a, a question for that. You know, it's it's all on how you look at it. But you're a fan. You looked at it as a fan. I'm sure. All your friends probably gave you their comments. And to the naked eye, because they're not worried about next week or the next week, they thought it was great. And you know what? That's what we strive to do anyway. If the fans loved it, who gives a shit what Arne Anderson's nitpicking in the back? Because the fact is the only reason I nitpick stuff is because I know, hey, we got 52 of these a year and how many pay-per-views? How can we not water down the big stuff you know, that guys use on each other to change the complexion of a story? Because I know you've got a lot of, lot of high-profile matches with a lot of top guys coming up. It's not to just dump on stuff and hold guys down. It's because you gotta be very careful in this business on what you protect because once it becomes every day, and just another move on the card. It's just like a clothesline. The fans are going to demand you come up with something else. And buddy, if you don't guess where you head down the other side of the slide. And that's what I try to protect talent from keep their stuff, high impact, keep it believable, keep it credible, keep it fresh and make it be effective. It's it's guidelines that I kind of live by. And, uh, And that's my reasoning on that. But the audience loved it. Meltzer loved it. You loved it, Conrad. It was a huge success.
0: Go out of your way to watch it. If you're going to watch one match on this show, this is the one. I don't know why, but I love Cena and Owens together. Uh, Meltzer had a little blurb I want to share with you. He says, Cena did an attitude adjustment off the middle rope and Owens kicked out. And the crowd popped the biggest for that one. Cena gave the shocked look and the announcer said they hadn't seen that look since the rock wrestled John Cena, even though Cena had given that look several times in the past few months, but it was a cool moment. And the crowd reacted big. When you see a guy hit a big finish like that off a second rope when normally just, you know, without being on the ropes, it gets it done. Whew, really cool moment here. And next up we've got the Miz coming out to talk about how the three-way match wasn't happening. He talked about his branding team had already made plans for him where he would have won the intercontinental title here. And he says he's already booked talk show appearances as the new champion, but Ryback got hurt. So the match was postponed. He said he's known Ryback since tough enough and that the guy really is a big pansy and Miz said that Ryback knows that Miz is the toughest guy in WWE. And that big show has been missing since the attitude era and he should just retire. And they should just declare him champion tonight. And besides, St. Louis isn't a real city like Los Angeles. And, I mean, just look at the Rams. They knew that, and they moved back. And then, of course, Big Show comes out. Miz does a 180. Said, no, I wanted to be your tag team partner again. Show just knocks him out and walks off. Not exactly a match, but a fun little segment. And uh, you get a little cheap heat with the crowd. And then they get their big payoff with the knockout. It's an easy night for Big Show and Miz, and I'm sure Miz had a lot of fun out here healing it up with the crowd.
1: Miz is good. He's an '80s heel, you know. He was—he gets that cheap heat. He picks on the locals, you know. He says all the the stupid stuff. that's so obvious that it's the opposite of what's going on. He's, you know, he's good on that stick. And if you'll let him talk, he'll get some heat and. To me as a, if you're that kind of heel and you've got that kind of heat and you're standing there facing a giant a one shot, knockout is the best possible outcome, it's great, great little story. And you accomplished everything. Miz has got some heat show stayed the giant.
0: Let's get to our main event. And this is a big one. Brock Lesnar's here is going to take on Seth Rollins. Um, this is a big deal. Uh, It gets a DQ, though, nine minutes in, so Rollins is going to retain. Meltzer would say that Lesnar looked gigantic, and I agree. Uh, But we get started with these German suplexes, and eventually, after five of them, (laughs) Rollins leaves the ring and grabs his belt like, I've had enough. I'm out of here. Of course, that's not enough. It's time for some more suplexes, including over the head, belly to bellies, and all kinds of fun stuff. But then after he's done several suplexes, I think maybe like 13 of them, he hits the F5, and then all of a sudden, the Undertaker's music hits. The lights go out. Rollins and the referee just magically disappear, and it's Lesnar and Undertaker in the ring, and the crowd is going nuts. Undertaker goes for a choke slam, but Lesnar gets out. Lesnar goes for an F5, but Undertaker gets out. Undertaker kicks Lesnar hard, very low. And then choke slams him hits two tombstone pile drivers. And the fans are chanting one more time Meltzer would say their performances of Lesnar and Rollins were both very good, but the whole idea of a nine minute main event with no finish and the show ending so early was weird. The bell never rang to end the match and they went off the air. Like it was a no contest until it was announced that Lesnar won by DQ. The next night on raw two stars as a reminder. Lesnar ended the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania 30 the year prior, 2014. Undertaker's returning here, and it's going to set up a match for them at SummerSlam. I get the criticism from Meltzer in a traditional sense if this was the old school days of pay-per-view. But since it's all on the network, man, I love the idea of the Undertaker returning here. And I know there was some criticism from quote-unquote smart fans who would say, oh well i hated that lesnar was a part-time champion so you don't have to worry about lesnar getting the title back here if you weren't happy with that before i don't know this just worked for me maybe because it was the undertaker and he's such a special character the segment really worked for me i remember watching it live and being thinking it was really cool and well done what'd you think well it's um
1: Brock Lesnar, people have to understand it, it, you know, is a very unique and special talent. He's a guy that can only wrestle once or twice a year and he doesn't lose anything. He doesn't develop ring rust. He doesn't get out of cardio shape. He is a walk and, talk and really is a human beast. And, you know, the thing I would suggest is there are a couple of stories here. It's like he probably shouldn't have hit that many offensive moves without winning the title. Maybe. People say nine minutes was, you know, not long enough. But when you have something that is so lopsided in your storytelling as what Brock has had on, you know, same thing with, with Ambrose. When he wrestled Ambrose, he just... Dominated him. If it's if it's a situation where Brock is just going to eat a guy alive like he did, but you know on the backside you've got the Undertaker coming up. You don't need a finish, and I'm a big proponent of finishes when people pay their money for a pay per view, especially to get leave there. Uh, you know, when the right scenario. But I don't think babyfaces should win all the time either i think we can leave a pay-per-view with a finish but a heat finish and in those days there was two or three a month i believe pay-per-views some ridiculous amount you could get to it later and finish your storytelling i was one of the people and you know they can stand up and be counted if they want to but undertaker should have retired undefeated That streak should have never been broke because it was bigger than any world championship, bigger than any universal championship. It had more prestige, that streak, than anything you can put at WrestleMania on top at any time. It morphed into that. And, you know, it was like one day everybody woke up and he was 15 and 0. Holy shit, that's unheard of. And it started to take on a life of its own, and it promoted itself, and it helped promote WrestleMania. The streak is on the line, huge, because of who The Undertaker is. I mean, it's a guy that has the respect of the fans, has the respect of the talent, has the respect of the office. His work ethic is unparalleled. Nobody has given his body up for the business any more than Undertaker any accolade that you want to hang on him, he is one. And for him to show up, anything you had done in that match prior to that with Seth and Brock, in my mind, just went away. Anyway, it disappeared because now we're at a new level. Now I'm checking the history books in my mind. He broke the streak. I've, I wish this could happen. And when Undertaker held his own and he's kicking the beast's ass. It felt good if you're a wrestling fan. Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And going off the air with Undertaker making that kind of statement, I thought was was a pretty pretty cool um call. And I think it, it the fight spelled to the back, did it not? Yeah. So they got in another pull apart in the back. I mean it was it was Bedlam. It was It was like a a two-man riot going on, and the physicality was so good. It was as hot as anything you could have booked to go off the air with and have people talking the next day. I thought it was masterful in its production and the way it was done, and uh, I wouldn't worry so much. I I forgot what they even did in the match with Seth and and, – Brock, no disrespect to Seth. It's just, it went to another level and the story changed and here we go.
0: It's unfortunate too, because when it came to the readers of the wrestling observer, uh, they gave uh, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, the worst match poll. It got the most votes and uh, the most votes for the best match poll. And it wasn't close. was Kevin Owens and John Cena. Overall, this show got 56.2% thumbs up 25.3% thumbs down. 18 and a half percent thumbs in the middle so uh slight thumbs up overall i thought this was a thumbs up show what'd you think
1: Uh, yeah i thought there were you know it was it was a good show it was a good solid show because it ended solid you know you can always you know, I'm a firm believer you open a show up with something that grabs you and it does make you feel good and the right guy wins and you have a really quality something to open the show That's that's got some time. But that's just a personal preference of mine. Uh, there was some good stuff in there that probably didn't get voted on like it should have. But, yeah, thought it was solid. Um you know, and, and again, it just—it's just when you end a show with something that hot that has the history that that has, I don't think you—you you could go wrong with
0: that. Let's uh, let's encourage everyone to uh, stick with us for next week. We'll be back for hashtag Ask Arn anything. I'm enjoying revisiting the old school stuff with you, but I also enjoy looking at a more modern WWE. So this is the best of both worlds. If you haven't already, join us over at adfreeshows.com. We watched War Games 1 and War Games 2, the originals from the summer of 1987 with Arn. They're both available now at adfreeshows.com. Coming up next, though, as far as more modern WWE, it'll be SummerSlam 2010. That's going to be your way on August 11th. You too can get that one early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. But next week, we're back to what we love doing most it's hashtag ask Arne anything if you've got a question just go find us on twitter it's at the Arne show and you'll be able to see near the top there'll be a a, a pin tweet asking if you have a question just drop it in the replies and listen in next week when we're back for hashtag ask Arne anything but this was a fun episode today man i really like talking about stuff that happened five or ten years ago and then man every now and again we'll switch it up and talk about something that happened 35 years ago
1: yeah i mean you know it's whatever the audience wants just voice it you know let us know anything you want to see anything you want us to talk about name it nothing's off the table almost um but yeah yeah it's fun i had a good time with you my friend as always
0: as always we appreciate you guys joining us here don't forget to uh, click the subscribe button leave us a five-star review if you think we've earned it tell a friend about your new favorite podcast. It's Tuesdays it's on only on Westwood one. All right, listen up. If I had a pro tip for you, where in just a couple of minutes, you could save a boatload of cash and make your life a whole heck of a lot easier with no money out of pocket. Would you do it? Of course I'm talking about save with conrad.com just to ask Bruce up in Warren, Michigan, he went to save with conrad.com, saved a boatload of cash, left us a five-star review. And here's what he had to say. Our experience from start to finish was fantastic. My wife, Kelly, and I had never gone through a refi before and didn't know what to expect. David and Jennifer answered all of our questions quickly, thoroughly, now we have the ability to pay off our credit cards and make improvements to our home, like new windows, a new furnace, and a new air conditioner. The big plus is we'll have the mortgage paid off before we retire. Thanks to the whole team for making our dreams a reality. And no, thank you, Bruce. We appreciate your listening to the podcast and, of course, your faith and confidence in me to go to SaveWithConrad.com. Now, if you're listening to me and you're thinking, man, I'd like to pay my house off faster and with cheaper monthly payments, and it might be nice to skip my next two house payments, but what if at the same time I could make some home improvements around the house and upgrade some stuff, turn my house into my dream home with no money out of pocket? Listen, I know that sounds too good to be true, but it really is reality. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners in more than 40 states now keep more of their own money and make life a little easier. And we can do this for you too now, even with credit scores in the 500s. It's no cost, no obligation. And man, if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. So, what are you waiting for? Get a quick quote right now at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh, by the way, no house payments for two months. That's right. You won't have to make your August or your September payment. You're done until October 1st. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at Savewithconrad.com. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. Steven has real expert jewelers on staff and on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual video appointment, a call, a text, a chat, an email, and all of this with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to IHateStevensinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Of course, it's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevensinger.com.